Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast, the podcast that hopes to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. I'm Andrew. Unfortunately, Zach's not here tonight. He's got some other stuff that he's got to take care of, but I did want to come on and and talk a little bit about some stuff. You know, we don't want to go too long without an episode. We've been doing really well the last few months, you know, getting an episode out to you guys every week, guys and girls, guys and gals. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, and so we want to keep that really keep that going. So, I thought it'd be a fun idea. Now, this is something that I've wanted to do for a little while now. Is talk a little bit about the gear that I wear, and I'm hoping that I can get Zach on next week. Maybe even he can do a solo episode where he talks about just his gear, because I know that in the running community, especially, there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of times where we wonder what what gear other people are using, or if we're trying to get into new gear you know, what other athletes are using that we kind of trust and works for them. Now, I'll preface this by saying that everything that I use works for me at this point in time. Like, all this stuff, you know, there are some things that I used to wear that don't necessarily work for me anymore, and there are things that I wear now that might not work for me in the future. But what I'm saying is that this stuff works for me. I'm recommending it based on the fact that I enjoy it. I'm not saying that you should go out and get it because some of the stuff might not work for you. So you got to kind of do your research. And for me, I say this because I've done it. Like I have probably spent in the last four years, uh, I don't know, I don't know, many, many thousands of dollars on shoes at the very least, just trying to figure out A, what works and B, making sure that what does work is kept up to date. Like I don't want to necessarily run in something that is too, too, you know, out of, out of date and past sort of its effectiveness date. Meaning say if it's shoes, you know, you put a certain amount of miles, kilometers in them, you want to, you want to change them, you know, because otherwise things run down and you're not getting the same bang for your buck. So I thought it'd be a fun episode to come on and talk about the gear that I'm currently using, some of the things that I used to use, and I'll try to be as detailed as I can, and I'll go from top to bottom. Uh, you know, I'll end with my shoes, and I'll start with my hat. So here we go. So leading up to leading up to any kind of training block, it's a great way to try to try out new things and see what really works for you. And I kind of, I, everything that I wear when I run is very much a choice that makes me comfortable. And it's something that I rely on because, you know, the, the worst thing you want to, the worst thing you can experience sometimes is being out for a run and you want to really nail it, but then it's like uncomfortable and something's not working or something's malfunctioning and it's like, oh, this sucks. Like, I think we all you know, know what it feels like, or a lot of us know what it feels like to run in a waist belt that just doesn't stop bouncing or stop moving. And that can sometimes just, it just kind of takes your mind off of the task at hand. And that can really, really suck sometimes. So starting at the top, uh, I, for my hats, I always wear a hat when I run, you know, not only for sun protection, but just because, you know, sometimes I let my hair go a little bit thicker than that it needs to, and I hate the feeling of my hair bouncing along and getting in my face, and so I have to wear a hat. I always want a hat on. So currently, I mix between a couple different hats. So I have my Boko running hat, which is really an awesome one. It's it's the ventilator mesh 
hat. It's actually a Marathon Training Academy hat that I got for doing one of their events. And it's just probably in terms of the hats that I wear, one of the most comfortable. I don't really ever think about it because sometimes when I wear a hat that's not necessarily made for running, I feel like it's going to fly off at any given time, whereas this really kind of stays secure, you know, depending on how you adjust it and everything. Uh, so that's again, that's the Boko ventilator mesh hat. You know, they're about 30 or $40, I think. Uh, that's probably US. I don't know how much they would be in Australia, but definitely worth a shot uh, if you're looking for a hat to wear. I also wear sometimes, again, my Marathon Training Academy trucker hat. So I don't mind a trucker mesh hat because A, it's mesh and it keeps you cool and it kind of, you know, the air, it allows airflow in. Whereas some hats that are just, they're not mesh or anything, they are kind of gross. Like when you wear a hat that's not necessarily necessarily meant for running, you know when the hat starts to drip because it's not really doing its job and it's just sort of soaking too much in and it's just, it feels kind of gross. So the trucker hat from Marathon Training Academy, mesh sort of synthetic material, but my go-to, absolute go-to is my Boko running ventilator mesh hat. You're going to hear me clicking away here because I've got all my sort of notes up on the computer. And as I talk about something, I'm going to click it away. So moving right on down. Uh, so earbuds, you know, there's a lot of a lot of times that people say, you know, you shouldn't run with music or they'll discourage you from running with music. If you r run with music, you're not a real runner, blah, blah, blah. I don't buy that. I think it's stupid. Uh, I always run with, well, 80% of the time I run with music. There are certain runs where I'll do no music just to kind of be with myself in the run get used to the mental task of just being there on a longer run or a harder run and not having anything to take my mind my mind away from it so for the longest time i was actually using the bose sound sport uh, wireless earbuds so wireless as in they weren't like buds, they had the wire attached to each bud, but it didn't have to plug in anything else. So in that sense, it was wireless, but the two buds were connected together by a wire. And you know what? I didn't mind those. They sat in my ear pretty well. My ears, they have the wings on them so that they kind of really fit pretty well. But the problem that I found with the Bose Sports is that over the course of the last three years, I've had to replace them three times because they've died three times whilst the sound is great i will you know it's bose of course the sound's gonna be great they sit well they they, they just die they just die i i've had to get them replaced three times and to bose's credit as long as i had the serial number and the receipt they've always replaced them for free but it's just kind of a pain in the butt to actually have to do that where it's like i would just rather you know music or earbuds that don't break down all the time that said the other drawback to them is they don't, when they sit in my ear anyway, if I sweat and the sweat runs down, it's just kind of, you feel that and they kind of slip out, which is a little bit annoying. It's not, it doesn't always happen, but it is one of those things that's not great. So, you know, Bose SoundSport, I'd give probably a seven out of 10 because they are good. But again, they don't, for me, maybe I just got some bad sets, but they just didn't last. But sound-wise, pretty great. I currently, now I've just swapped over uh, about a month or two ago to the MIFO 05 Plus earbuds. So those are the Generation 2. They're Bluetooth. They're wireless. No wires at all. They are sports 
earbuds. So that's Mifo 05 Plus earbuds. And they're actually really great. Like, they are just fantastic. The first time I put them in, now I got these off the recommendation of my running coach, Kirk DeWint. A couple of things that you're going to hear on this list are our recommendations off of him but I got those and the first time I put them in like they they fit really well and the first run I went there's probably the first run that I remember not having to touch the earbuds at all and they just like stayed in my ear uh, you know I, I, it was a hot day so the sweat came down and didn't really affect how they were sitting the sounds really good I got a pair that it's not um they're not uh I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know how you said you have some things where you, you just do a light touch, like, and and it changes everything or, you know, it stops the music or anything. These actually have little mini buttons on them, so you actually have to push them. So if you do need to adjust them, you're not turning off the music. And that's a problem that I found with the Fuse Airbuds. Now, the Fuse Airbuds are just like these, you know, kind of gas station Airbuds that you can find anywhere gas station grocery store whatever about 50 bucks they're fine they're actually not bad but the problem with those is every time you touch them it messes with the music so i've had really good luck at this point now with the mifos you know they they sit in my ears really well they come with different um the different types of buds that you can put in so you can make sure that you have one that fits to you i have charged them once sorry yeah, no, I've, I've charged them only one one time, and they are just now, I think here we are a month in, we're getting to the point where I might need to charge them, so they have a big charge. I think it's like a 100-hour capacity, and so, I, and I use them, you know, I use them on all my runs so far, and the fact that I'm only needing to charge them now, really, really awesome. They, they do have, you know, they are waterproof. And obviously, Bluetooth will hook up to your phone right away. You don't have to go through any crazy stuff. You open up the case, and it just it, it just uh, connects to your phone. So really, really good. The compatible with iOS, Android, all that good stuff. Uh, Apple, Google, Pixel, Samsung, whatever. And just a really good pair of headphones. Earbuds. I always say headphones. We don't wear those anymore. It's not the 80s. Uh, uh, now, in terms of what I wear on my body, so I'm not really fancy in terms of what I run in clothing wise like the fanciest thing I have my Under Armour shorts and I only bought those because they have a little pocket for for a phone and we'll get into that in a second but I just basically wear whatever is comfortable as long as it's you know moisture wicking synthetic material and not something that's going to just be heavy and gross like cotton I'll wear it like I'll go to Kmart and I'll buy like a friggin' $5 pair of shorts, $5 singlet, and I'm good to go. Like, I'll wear that. That's fine. If I need something long sleeve, same thing. I'll just go and buy something that's kind of moisture wicking at Kmart and just wear that. I don't necessarily find the need to run in a jacket here in Australia because it never gets that cold. The coldest it's ever been when I was running in the morning was probably zero Celsius. And even that... I mean, sure, I would put on a pair of gloves, but any kind of glove, whatever. Like, I have a pair of Nike gloves. They're just as good as my cheapo pair of gloves from the dollar store. And in terms of a jacket, I have a, a like, a running sports jacket from Kmart. It was, like, $20. It's, like, that Kmart brand, whatever. And it keeps me warm as, as hell. 
and it's water resistant. I think it's water resistant. It's not waterproof. So there is a difference there. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what I wear. So shorts, any kind of, I like shorts that have a pocket that can hold my phone, but I don't need it because as we'll get into, I can put my phone in other places like a, like a waist belt or a, or a hydration pack. But nine times out of 10 for shirts, I'm either wearing a running singlet from a race that I've done, a Kmart singlet, or one of my Spartan race singlets. So that's kind of a no-brainer there. I don't need to go fancy. I know you can spend a lot of money on running clothes, but I'm just not having that because I'm spending all the money in other places, and that's just crazy. Uh, in terms of socks, I will, I do invest in good socks. I've been a big fan of Stegans for like such a long time. I've just ordered my first pair of Injinji toe socks to wear with my, well, we'll get into that. Uh, but I've been a big fan of Stegans. I I've been wearing nothing but Stegans for the past like three years and they've been really good to me. And Stegan as a brand is actually really awesome. Like I wrote to them a, a couple, like a month ago and I said, Hey, I just, you know, I've been wearing your socks forever and I just got this pair of socks in the mail and they're already running. Like there's, there's runs in them already, no pun intended. And I've only worn them once. And they're like, that's cool. Just send us your dress. We'll send you another pair of socks. And so they're, they're great like that. I mean, in terms of socks, you really got to kind of, you've got to be smart about it. Like, look, I've worn, I've gone on eBay and I've gotten like, you just type in moisture wicking sports socks and you can find a lot of cheap socks and that's fine. And they work for me. Like I'll wear them. They don't last nearly as long as something like Stegan does, though, because they are built to last a little bit longer. They're not built to last forever, and they do wear out, but, I mean, my first pair of Stegans probably three years ago, I probably chucked those in the trash maybe, I don't know, six months ago or something, so they've lasted that long only because they had some holes in them. But that was, you know, three, almost three years of, of wearing them. And you will spend money on them. Like, it's hard to justify $25 for a pair of socks. But it's kind of like you've got to invest that because the worst thing that you can do is go out in a long run with like a pair of cotton socks. You're going to get blisters and it's going to suck. And, I mean, I love, I love Stegans. They're really comfy. They've got support in there. I've not... The only I've never gotten blisters with Stegans. The only reason I ever get blisters is from shoes at some point, which we'll talk about. But a uh, big, big advocate for Stegan socks. Uh, so I'll save the shoes for last, but we'll get into clicking um, my equipment, my tech now. So, I mean, we've kind of already done that with my, with my earbuds. I probably should have saved that, but that's fine. So... My watch, I, I say this strongly, invest in a good watch, you know. Well, invest in a watch if you're serious about your running. You know, you, you kind of want something that's going to help you out in terms of your pacing. Your They'll give you an idea of heart rate, but again, we'll get into this in a little bit. I wouldn't rely too much on the heart rate from the watches, but... I use the Forerunner, the Garmin Forerunner 935, and that's their top-end uh, Forerunner watch, one of their top-end Forerunner watches. I used to use the Fitbit Ionic, and that was fine, but I found that it dropped the GPS like a lot. And apparently, I think Fitbits have a problem now syncing up with Strava for some reason. I know Aaron, my partner, and a couple of clients of mine 
have had problems with their Fitbit syncing to Strava, which is kind of annoying, where Garmin doesn't, I think, have that problem, which is good. But I love my Garmin. Like, I've been wearing it now for almost three years. Really great. Waterproof. It, you know, it, the, the battery life is disgusting. It's, like, awesome disgusting, though. It's like, I can charge this thing and not have to worry about it for, like, a week and a half, two weeks. You know, I think I ran... I was down to like 10% on this thing and I ran like a two hour run on 10% and it took it down to like four. So the battery life is really, really great. And, you know, it's got a lot of awesome features. Like you don't need all of the features that this thing has. Maybe might, you might like them, but I I love the fact that if I'm running a trail run, it, it'll tell me like real time what my elevation gain is, what you know, my, my average elevation speed will be. And it's just kind of, it's just got those extra elements that I really, really enjoy in a watch. And I will say though, just if you have a guard, if you have a watch that tells you what your training status is, status, whatever, um, just be careful. You know, those things don't really take much into account. So if it tells you that you're, you're like negative 10 effort or whatever the hell because you're on an easy recovery run. Don't take that to heart because the minute that you go out for a speed run, it's going to like change his mind. Like don't pay attention to that stuff. Just pay attention to the metrics. It really, it's just, I mean, this thing, it can, I think it can share your location. It can, it obviously automatically um, adjusts the daylight savings, tells you your fitness age, gives you your resting heart rate. Again, it's an idea. It tells you about your stress levels. It, you know, I mean, it's got a thermometer in it. It's got an accelerometer in it. Obviously, if it's telling you your pace, but it's just, it's just a really good watch. I have no problem with the Garmin. It's their, the, the Forerunner 935 is their most, I think it might be their most expensive version. It's like $750 at this point in Australia. But any of the Forerunner series I've heard are really good, and they've got pretty much everything that you'll need. But there are tons of good brands. Like Fitbit's a good brand. Brand Koros is a good brand. Uh, there's a couple of other ones out there that I, I can't remember the names of, but definitely that's that's the watch that I use, and I'm sticking to it. So okay, so speaking of heart rate monitors, so. Again, heart rate monitor on the on the watches, they're not necessarily all that accurate. I mean, they're they're more accurate than say nothing, but sometimes there's a glitch. Like I used to, you know, I, I before I got my heart rate monitors, my external heart rate monitors, I would be running say an easy pace and it would be like your heart rate is 190 beats per minute or I'd be running a really hard pace and it'd be like your heart rate is 80 beats per minute so it's like it can glitch out on you and it it's just not it's not the most accurate thing in the world so get if you're serious about wanting to know what your heart rate data is get an external heart rate monitor i used to wear the chest strap i've moved away from that i wore the hrm run garmin chest strap which was i I enjoyed it like the the it, it tells you it can tell you your cadence your vertical oscillation, your ground contact time, you know, your ground contact time balance, your stride length, your vertical ratio, and your heart rate. I don't know how it does all that, but it does. Uh, and those metrics were cool to look at. Problem is, I don't love how heart rate uh, chest straps feel. 
you know, you get sweaty, they slip down, and they don't always sit right, and you can always kind of feel them, and, you know, whilst it's good to have those metrics, I was just finding that I was finicking with it too, too much, so I got rid of it, and I never looked back, because this next thing that I got, again, a recommendation from Kirk DeWint, is the Wahoo Ticker Fit heart rate monitor, and it's an armband. Armband heart rate monitors are just as accurate, if not more accurate than the chest strap because they don't move around, and my God in heaven, this thing changed my running life. Like, I put it on, you put it on your forearm, and it doesn't move, you don't think about it, it just, it just tells you your heart rate, it syncs right up to your watch, and the good thing about it is that one of my favorite things about it is, A, it, it just doesn't move. It's accurate. But a great thing about it is with the chest straps, you, like, never know when they need to charge because there's no, like, lights or anything on them. Not the ones that I was using. Whereas this one, it, it, it does. It has a it has an on-off button, and it will show you how much battery has left. Like, if it's blinking a certain color, you've got to charge it. And that's just kind of really handy it does have a great battery life, though. I think I've only charged it maybe two or three times in the in the couple months that I've had it. I think it has like a 30-hour battery charge. Uh, it is waterproof up to five feet. It's, you know, it's it just sends data right directly to the watch. It just automatically synced up. Again, I didn't need to do anything crazy with it. So if you're looking for a heart rate monitor, get the Wahoo Ticker Fit or any armband monitors I think are great. I think... Uh, it's just amazing. I'm pretty sure Polar does one. Garmin, I th think, does one, maybe? Maybe not. I don't know. I think Polar does one, though. But um, obviously, MyZone do heart rate monitors, and I'm pretty sure they do an armband as well. So definitely, if you're serious about heart rate metrics, get an external monitor. All right. So moving on, so I was talking a little bit about where I could put my phone before, and I like, you know, the the bike shorts that have like, um, what I mean by bike shorts are the, you know, the spandexy type shorts that have the pockets in them, Under Armour specifically, because that's really secure. But if I'm not wearing those, because I've only got one pair of those, because they're expensive. <laughs> uh, and I do have another pair of bike shorts that are just like eBay ones that aren't as secure with that pocket. So I can't really wear them on speed workouts because the thing will pop out. The, wow. <laughs> the phone will pop out. That's fun. Uh, so the other thing that I wear, and this is something that I wear on longer distances as well, um, and, you know, the ultras and everything. And I don't necessarily use it for hydration, actually. I just use it for storage because I can put my phone in there, I can put my keys in there, and it's comfy. It sits on me really well. And it looks like I'm wearing a red cape, so that's awesome. So I, it's the Nathan Vapor Air 2.0. It's a it's a hydration pack. It can fit up to seven liters, but you know, for my uh, events like that need the bladder, I'll put a, I have a two a two liter one or no a one and a half liter bladder that I put in there. I think, uh, and that's fine. It sits really well. It doesn't shake. Doesn't doesn't do any weird things. It's very very secure. It's also got front pouches where I can put water bottles as well. And that's what I did for the Brimbank uh, 50K. I didn't actually bring the bladder. I just put two water bottles in either pouch at the front. But I wear that pack 
most of my runs that I'm not wearing the Under Armour or any time where I'm up in the trails where I need to be carrying my keys and everything with me. Just, it's, you know, I don't necessarily, like I said, put water in it, but it's just a really comfy one. And it, it just fits really, really well. So I wear this, I wore this on my 5K time trial the other week, uh, last week, and it was great. Like, I, I never felt like it was weighing me down. I didn't really feel it moving that much. It's a, it's a good pack to wear. You know, if you want just some extra storage, I highly recommend. You don't need to wear a pack every time. I probably don't need to wear it every time, but I just like to know that I have everything with me. Uh, I think I will try to move away from that moving forward. And I did just order a Nathan uh, running hydration belt, so the Swift Plus, Nathan Swift Plus. I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I did order it solely because I don't want I don't want to wear the hydration pack all the time, and I want to see how this goes on say five distances, uh, fast distances. Um, it does say that it comes. It's like it has like a bounce free feature. I don't know that anything really is bounce free, but um, we'll see how that goes. So I'll keep you updated on that one. So that was that's a fun time. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the yeah, the Vapor Air was like two hundred and fifty dollars, I believe. Oh yeah. By the way, the prices. Everybody, uh, I've already talked about the Boco, the the socks, the watch. The earbuds were $140, so pretty cheap considering. The chest strap was about $120, and the Wahoo ticker was about, I think it was about $90. So not not breaking the bank, not breaking the bank at all for some really good, really good gear. All right, bam, moving into shoes. So I have a lot of different shoes like a lot of different shoes. Matter of fact, I didn't even look at, I didn't even put my easy shoes in there. So I'll just talk about those at one point. Uh, well, I'll talk about my easy recovery shoes now. So I wear the Asics or Asics, whatever you want to say. I think I say Asics, Asics, I think Asics, whatever. Uh, I wear the Cumulus. They are a neutral shoe, but they are well cushioned. Uh, you know, I used to wear I used to wear a lot the Brooks Adrenaline, and those were those were a great stability shoe for me when I was starting to to run uh, the Adrenaline GTS. Really, really good shoe. I wore also the Levitate, the Brooks Levitate Two. That's more of a neutral shoe, so I'd go back and forth between those, and they they suit me really well until they just didn't. You know, at some point my running gait changed or got more or less efficient. I don't know, um, but those shoes just didn't work for me anymore. Uh, you know, ever since I've swapped out of them, I've had less problems with my uh, IT band in my hip. And then, of course, I've, I've addressed those issues separately anyway. But, you know, shoes are going to work for you until they don't work for you anymore. And they won't always work forever. You know, some people can strap on a pair of shoes and that's their go-to shoe forever. And that's great. That didn't work for me. You know, and... Sometimes you'll strap on a pair of shoes that really works well, but then the manufacturer will stop making that specific shoe and then you're going to have to find something else. So that's kind of annoying. But but yeah, so with the Brooks, I don't really wear Brooks anymore. I did try the Launch 9 at one point. Didn't love those. Um, I don't really love a, a hard sort of shoe. 
and the brook the brooks launch felt like a hard shoe and i didn't like it uh i did try the levitate three as well i didn't like that because i couldn't find that levitate two anymore i didn't like that so that was kind of like my transition out of brooks so now I wear the Asics Cumulus on all my easy and recovery runs. And that's a great shoe. Like I, I got fitted for that one at um, the shoe company, the running shoe company out in, not Richmond, somewhere, somewhere in Melbourne. And the running company, the running company. And I told them, look, this is my, this is how I run. They got me on the treadmill. I said, these are my issues that I have with my hips and my knees sometimes. And they're like, all right, well, put these on. So I tried those, Asics Cumulus. Really great. I love that shoe. Been running in it for about, I don't know, three or four months now. Haven't had any problems. Actually, it's about time that I get a new pair. So I love those. Uh, in terms of other types of shoes that I run, sort of different kinds of training on, not necessarily speed work, but something different. I do also wear the New Balance Fuel Cell Super Comp trainers. So those are also a neutral shoe. Uh, really, really, it's kind of, they market it, I feel, it is a super shoe, it is a super shoe, New Balance super shoe, but it's kind of like, it's a shoe that will last a little bit longer than, say, a Nike Vaporfly, just because of the way that they, they make it and how it sits, it's just, it's a really nice feeling shoe. I will add the caveat to that, that sometimes when I wear that shoe, it does play up Maybe it's a coincidence, maybe not, but my, my hips do, my right hip does play up sometimes when I wear that shoe. I haven't really tested it enough to know if it's that shoe, but it's definitely a shoe that feels nice. Like you put it on and it feels like you can go a little bit faster. It's not quite as fast as something like a Vaporfly or an Alphafly, but it's a pretty bang on shoe and it is classified as a super shoe. Uh, moving on to my trail shoes. So for the longest time, I wore the Salomon Speed Cross Five, and that was a great shoe. It was it was um, it's a, again neutral. It's a neutral shoe. It was kind of not. Mm, it wasn't crazy cushioned, uh, but it did feel like it gave me a little bit more support around you know around say my heel and my and my arches. I did enjoy it. I mean, I ran in that one. Well, I've run in that one for almost two years on the trails. Uh, well, year and a half, really. And I just I just like the shoe. It's really secure. It's got like a really aggressive lug on it. So the lugs, for those of you who don't know, on the bottom of the shoe, those are the things that stick out that grab onto the trails. This, you know, helps you run on the trails. I love the lacing system. It's really a quick lace system. You just pull it, tighten it, and you're done. And... It's just, it's just treated me really well. It's, I mean, it's really breathable. I got it to start training for Spartans and I'll still wear it, but I've, I have moved away from that one just because as we'll get into, I wanted to try something different. I also tried out the Salming Elements 3s. Now I do like the shoe. This is a shoe that I got specifically to race in because of how, um, because of the reviews that I heard on it in terms of how it drains water, how it moves through, how it, uh, how fast it is, how light it is. So I do, I do like that one. It is also a bit of a neutral shoe. I don't wear it that often. I've only worn it twice, three times, three times, um, not including the Spartan race. 
So, you know, I, I ran a Spartan in it. I really enjoyed it. So uh, it's not, it doesn't feel as, um, it feels more grippy because I think it's probably less of a shoe than the Salomon Speedcross, as in it's not as stiff of a shoe. So it feels like it will help you move a little bit more and grip a little bit more because it allows your foot to move slightly more and it grips around that foot slightly more. So it is definitely a good shoe if you're wanting to get into trail running. That's that one. All right, and now my current trail shoe, again, based on a recommendation from the fabulous Kirk DeWint, uh, I wear the Hoka Speed Goat 5. Now, I've only worn that twice, and I really like it. I really like it. I absolutely love this shoe so far. It's really responsive. It feels like... It's just, it's it's a neutral shoe. It's comfortable. It It's not, it looks, it's funny. It looks like it should be heavier than it actually is, but it's like, it's kind of like a light shoe. And it's got the Vibram grips on the outsole, which Vibrams, for those of you who don't know, I, whenever I'm not running, if I'm just in my day-to-day -day life, I wear Vibram five fingers. And those are those really barefoot shoes that actually look like feet. And I wore those based on the recommendation of my myotherapist, he said, start going barefoot more often and maybe you'll have less problems with your ankles and your knees and your hips. And ever since, I sort of have. So again, like I said before, there's a lot that I have addressed separately. But ever since wearing those Vibram Five Fingers, everything else feels stronger. And I knew it was a good sign when I saw the Vibram logo on these shoes. So they're just really, they're, they're really breathable. They hug my feet really well, like nice and soft, like they're not, I, you know, I wore them right out of the box for a two hour trail run and I didn't get any, any blisters, any problems. They, the toe box is really, really comfortable. Um, and it's pretty true to size as well, which is always a big problem with shoes that you have to kind of, all the shoes that I'm talking about are all pretty true to size. Uh, something that, not all shoes are, but when you find a shoe that is, it's like really, it's easy to buy them, so you don't have to worry about trying them on, which sucks. Um, but yeah, so I love the Hoka Speed Cross 5. It's not, it's not a shoe that I think will leave my arsenal anytime soon. And then, of course, my super shoes. My real, these are kind of like the, the, uh, like the, life force of my running I think at this point and ever since I've started using these I, I you know I've had less and less problems as well you know I will say these super shoes that I'm about to talk about you have to be careful with them because if you use them too often and you don't break yourselves into them enough you can start to develop some real ankle issues but I of course I'm talking about the Nike Vaporfly Next Percents and the Nike Alpha Fly Next Percents so the Vaporflies I got you know, for the first time uh, a couple years ago, and I love them. I just, I, I put them on and I knew. I was like, these are fast shoes. And they were. I did all my PBs, PRs in those shoes. Some people will say, oh, it doesn't count. I'm like, whatever, fight me. It counts. Um, <laughs> but I love the Nike, the, the Vaporflies. I think they're absolutely phenomenal. Again, they're neutral. They're, again, one of those shoes that looks like it should be heavier than it actually is. But when you actually touch it, it's like, wow, it's like paper thin. And they're just they're just amazing. Of course, they 
uh, you know, they, they have those, uh, those, uh, that, that, that amazing super foam that really helps propel you. And they really do. They really do increase your, your running, like your, your, your speed. They are just fast shoes. The, the carbon fiber plate is just there for that snappy forward feeling when you're going. Now the vapor flies, I would probably not wear for anything longer at this point than a 10 K. This is where I move into the alpha flies. Now the alpha flies I'll wear for like any distance. I think I did my, I did my PR in my mile in the alpha flies, my 607 mile in the alpha flies Did I, yes, I did. Um, I did my, you know, my, my PR of, oh no, my 5k PR 1952. I did those in that in the vapor flies, but the alpha flies, I wore those for the marathon. Uh, and they were great. And they are a shoe. Now I'm going to quote uh, Bracken on the running public here. They are a shoe that allows you to do things later in the workout that you probably shouldn't be able to do in terms of keeping your momentum, keeping your, your stride healthy. And it's just a great shoe. And again, you put it on and you know, you just know that this is a fast shoe to the point where I'll run a Say if I run an easy pace, I don't know, 10, 30 mile, 10 and a half minute mile, about a six, what, what's that, like a 640 kilometer or something? I'll run that easy pace in my cumulus and it puts me at like a 138 to 140 heart rate, maybe 142. I run that same pace in these shoes and that pace is probably, I'm down at a 132 heart rate. It's only six to seven beats but that's a big difference really over the course of a long time. So, I mean, I love this shoe. It's the alpha and the vapor flies. Like they changed my running life. I think I've said that a couple times, but definitely a big recommend for me there. You know, if anybody were to ask me if you could pick one shoe to race in for the rest of your life, I'd be like the alpha fly, <laughs> hands down the alpha fly. Um, because it's just, it's just a damn good shoe. And I probably, I mean, Unless something really crazy awesome comes along, yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep on that. I mean, it's an expensive shoe. Like here in Australia, you're probably gonna spend anywhere between three hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars for this shoe, but and, and it doesn't last as long as it probably could. But god damn, it is a good shoe. You know, the Vaporfly. You're probably looking at spending anywhere between uh, I don't know two eighty and three twenty. So again, a really expensive shoe. Whereas my other shoes, they're, you know, my, my Cumulus, I think were like $160. My, my, the Speed Goats were about $160 or $170, I think. The Elements and the Speed Cross, again, same. So these are definitely the, the Nikes are my more expensive shoes, but man, I think that they are worth it. So I think that that's everything. I think that that is all of the gear that I currently wear. So if you're looking to get some new gear, if you're looking to try some other stuff out, you know, that's the stuff that I use. That's the stuff that currently works for me. I don't know that it's going to work for me forever, but at the moment it does. It keeps me feeling good. It keeps me excited. So that's the thing. You've got to be excited about what you're doing. And if the gear that you use makes you excited to keep going or to get up for that workout or to push just that little bit harder, that's, that can make a huge difference. Like if it's, even if it's something that's just makes things more convenient, like not having to worry about where you're keeping your phone or where you're keeping your keys or 
something you know falling out of your pocket it's just something less that you have to worry about and if you can rely more on your gear to do that that's much that's just that's going to help you out so i hope you enjoyed that first time i've done an episode like this i'm hoping i can get zach on next week and maybe i'll just let him go solo and talk about the gear that he uses why he uses it and how he uses it and we'll go from there but that's all i have to say about that I hope you all enjoyed that one. Look, please make sure you get onto iTunes or Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you can. I know on Apple and Spotify, you definitely can leave reviews. Please leave five-star reviews for us. Write something nice. You know, the, the reviews were coming really well for a little while there. They've kind of slowed down. I know you're all listening. There's more of you listening than I have reviews, so let's get on that. That'd be great. Thanks. Uh, Other than that, look, if you have any questions or if you're into, if you need a trainer or if you are looking at life coaching, you can always contact me at Melbourne Superman on Instagram or Breaking the Barrier Podcast on Instagram. Any of those, I check those messages regularly. And that's about it. Now, that is truly all I have to say about that. So look, again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope to see you out there on the roads, the trails, and the treadmills going above and beyond what you ever thought possible. I will catch you next time.